Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Petralis, and we are super excited to be back on the air. You know, we just celebrated Valentine's Day. We're a day beyond that now, and we're back into the podcast, back into grinding. As you guys know, we've covered a lot of teams over these last few months, Malden Catholic, Malden High School, Mefford High School. Uh, we have some, you know, a lot of games that we're covering this weekend, too, so we're super excited about that. Uh, but even more excited about today's guest, someone who had reached out to me, uh, one heck of a basketball player, has a great story, a great journey of, you know, trying this you know become a professional basketball player and the lengths that you know he's gone through over the last 10 plus years of pursuing his dream and uh someone who i think is great for this podcast great for our listeners and uh someone who i've been eager to, to have on for the last few weeks so uh without further ado um ladies and gentlemen maurice taylor hey anthony thanks for bringing me on man thank you yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for reaching out to me. I know when you reached out to me on Instagram and uh, I started like researching you and really looking at your social media and you are like the epitome of hard work uh, and someone who I think is great for the types of listeners that we have here, you know, at the high school level, both athletes and coaches and, you know, pursuing that next level. I think this is going to be a great conversation for for all the above. So I'm really excited yeah, I'm, to have I'm you excited. on. Here. I'm excited. Yeah, man. So, you know, you're one of eight siblings. Uh, you know, I kind of did my homework on you originally from Cambridge, Massachusetts. So right in backyard, right at home. I'm, I'm from Mefford yep. myself. So not too close, not too far from there. Uh, I grew up, but you know, you had, you're one of eight siblings. So, uh, you know, I know your brother um, played, one of your brothers played at the university of Purdue, played basketball. Um, so you probably have a pretty athletic family. So talk real quick. I'm just curious, like growing up, like is everybody basketball players at home? Everybody just played different sports, super competitive um, house. How was it? Um, for the most part, we we grew up around a game of basketball. My dad played basketball. My uncles played basketball. Um, and at first, we was just, you know, having fun with it. It was just something to do. Like, back in the day, we was outside a lot. We was very active kids. Um, we didn't, you know, we didn't really – we played video games on the weekends, but we, we loved being outdoors. And, you know, one thing that, you know, gravitated towards us – uh, most of us actually was basketball. Uh, we played every sport, you know, football, volleyball, baseball. Uh, you know, we did soccer, you know, thanks to the, you know, the Cambridge community and the youth program you know, allowing us to play different sports. But um, I would say me and my brother, Jaquiel, took basketball very seriously. Um, I have another brother, Marquise, who he took a different route. Um, he He's he's an artist and he does music and he really like good at that. He loves that. Um, and then I have another brother, Javon, who, who's a, he's a character. He's a very unique uh, person, um, but yeah. he's, he really yeah. likes basketball as well. Um, but he's, he's an entertainer, you know, he's into, you know, acting, comedy, things like that. Um, so you have a pretty like well-rounded family. I mean, yeah. you guys are yeah. obviously there's some athletes in the family, but obviously there's just a lot of talent. It seems like in the family and whatever they pursue, they're, they're good at and, it's nice growing up in a house that, you know, people pursue their goals and dreams. And, you know, I'm sure there's always like any other house, rough housing and everything else. And it toughens, toughens you up a little bit uh, as you're growing yeah. up. So growing up in a big family, uh, that's nice because no matter what, you know, at the end of the day, everybody might be doing their own thing. But uh, just doing my homework on you, it just seems like you're a pretty close family um, and that everybody kind of, you know, has either pursue the, the, the route of basketball have played it for a considerable amount of time. And as you're mentioning, obviously doing pretty well outside of uh, growing up and, and doing all that stuff as well. Um, so I mentioned that you, you, you played in Cambridge mass and obviously like Cambridge and Latin. I mean, when I was growing up, 
I feel like was a pretty dominant high school program. Uh, you yeah. know, plenty of division one athletes coming through there. I mean, the GBL in the late nineties, early two thousands, you know, they were pumping division one players out from, from a lot of different schools. So, um, mm. and I know Cambridge has continued its dominance for a long period of time. I don't know if they're as strong as they once were, uh, but I, I, you know, I know that they still put in a pretty competitive product year in year out, but you transferred over. And if, and if I'm wrong, fact check me here, but uh, you transferred over the Beaver County day high school in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Uh, and you, I mean, immediate impact, you were a two-year captain there, uh, and you helped them to a 2012 preparatory school athletic council class B championship. Um, you know, it seems like I'm just gonna say you won a championship. It's a, it's a pretty long way of saying it. Um, yeah. and then that your senior year, you were East, uh, earned Eastern independent league honorable mention, um, as a senior. So obviously playing that prep route. And I mentioned it earlier that we have such an audience that is high school and, <laughs> and, uh, high school coaches and high school athletes and that recruiting process for you when did you maybe realize that like focusing on basketball and transferring the school that you did was just the right route for you as you wanted to pursue your dreams of at that time playing college basketball and obviously bigger ambitions of, of playing in the nba um i would say probably my sophomore year and um or yeah early sophomore year um when i was at cambridge Ridge latin uh we they used to have early morning pickups with like some of the coaches that, you know, that worked at the school. Um, and I went, you know, very consistently, me and a few of my teammates and my brothers. Um, and the head coach at the time, Lance Naughton, he, he saw the potential, me and my brother, to, you know, to play basketball at the highest level in college. So he, he would invite uh, college coaches to those open runs. And I'm ashamed to say, like, there was the one time he did, he, he invited like a coach from Stony Brook and, I just happened to wake up late that day and showed up late. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Lance was not too happy about that. But right, right. Um, from there on forth, uh, you know, I, I started to get like a sense, like I can, I'm pretty good at this game for him to, you know, bring division one coaches. Cause he didn't do that for everybody. Um, and he, he didn't see that potential in everybody, but, you know, to kind of have him, my father and, you know, a couple of other coaches that, you know, I would bring me to the men I am today. Um, that's kind of like what that started that life for me because before that I I was just playing basketball for fun in the playgrounds anywhere that you know people were playing pretty much. No, and it, and it's so interesting to me because of obviously every kid has that ambition and dream to play college at that next level, especially at the young age when you first get into high school. But then there's that kind of reality that sits in. And obviously your coach recognized you said he didn't necessarily do that for everybody. Um, but for you, if you could just like talk a little bit more about the recruiting process for you. So obviously you had some success uh, your junior and senior year transferring was the right move for you. It led you to a state championship. It led you to honorable mention for you. When did it start getting real that like you could play D1 basketball or maybe when schools really started first showing that interest in you as a player? It was definitely my senior year at Beaver. Uh, that year I got honorable mention. Um, and, you know, college coach just started reaching out to my father and, you know, getting in contact with me and trying to set up visits. And that's when it started to feel real. Um, and to add on that, uh, one one mistake, you know, that I, I made with uh, with choosing the school is I didn't take all my visits. You know, I wish looking back, I would have taken all my visits, you know, made those connections um, and really understood what I was looking for. But at the same time, I I did not know. Um, I was just like 
at the time, like me and my father, we had this conversation, you know, to this day, we've done a whole a lot of things differently. You know, it's obviously easier to look back and be like, all right, we could have done that differently. But at the time, you know, it was just kind of like a little bit of limitation to, you know, just to get to Division One instead of finding the best fit for me personally. A program that helped me grow, helped me grow as a player, helped me grow as a man, helped me grow as an individual. And, you know, that also complements my game. So and what do you what were you looking for in that? Like just out of curiosity, because we have a lot of athletes on here that, you know, we have one basketball players coming on soon that is getting some serious D1 looks as a junior. Um, and I know he listens to this podcast a lot. I mean, for you, what were some of kind of like the things that maybe made certain schools stand out a little bit more than others or things that you were preferably looking for as an athlete? Um, at the time, what I was really looking for uh, was is a program where I had access to the gym all the time, like 24 seven. Um, they had the major that I wanted to major in. Um, and the, the chemistry the you know, cause I'm gonna be spending a lot of time with the, you know, gonna be traveling, waking up early in the morning, training, you know, like it's, it's not just like a season thing. Cause a lot of times you go to the school during the summer and you're preparation for the season, you know, you know, all like training camp, you know, you can try to get in shape and, it's a good way for you to build chemistry with your teammates. So just seeing how, you know, the players get along with each other and how they get along with the coach and staff, those are the things I was looking for uh, when looking at. And you mentioned like obviously 24 hour access to the gym and having good facilities. I mean, what are the things that you're doing in your off season? Like when you were in high school to just kind of separate yourself? I mean, how much time are you putting in the gym at night, early mornings, weight room? I mean, again, I ask you all this just because this is the type of listeners that we have. And, and I think yeah. your message is great. So uh, if you could just elaborate anything. that. Um, awesome. So when, when I finally, so the first school I committed to in college was North Carolina A&T. And so once I like finally find that signed that letter of intent, um, I got in contact with the head coach and asked him to uh, um, send me like workout plan from the strength and conditioning coach. And so he kind of, you know, I got the contact of the strength and conditioning coach, and he was like, you know, if you have any questions about something, you know, just reach out to me. And so he gave me like probably like three month plan, strength and condition, and I followed that like faithfully to prepare. Uh, um, get ready for the summer. Even then, like, I still wasn't ready because you're, you're, you know, you're going from high school to playing against grown men. Right. Um, but I wasn't, like, like, so far behind. I was, like, I still had some work to do, but because I, you know, did that preparation, I wasn't, like, super far behind from the guys that I was going to compete against or my teammates uh, preparing for the season. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that's the one thing you hear when that next step, that next step from high school or prep school to, to college is the speed of the game in, in any sport, mm -hmm. how much faster it's played, how much stronger people are, how much quicker people are. Um, and obviously that's an adjustment for anybody, but not being too far behind and just like looking at your collegiate career a little bit too, you know, you mentioned you played a uh, North Carolina AT&T your freshman year. And again, correct me if I'm wrong here, just a little bit of research. And then you went Juco for a year, Western Texas college and, and then you mm -hmm. ended up fishing at Niagara University for two years and graduated there. Um, playing in a lot of different places at a lot of different levels. I mean, even the JUCO level nowadays. I mean, I'm a huge fan of uh, the Netflix series. Um, 
I'm drawing a blank right now, but last last chance. You, yeah, yeah. Last chance. You I've watched both seasons and you know, it, it's interesting to see where a lot of these guys come from and you know, big time colleges that they play for, or, you know, solid division one mid major schools that some of these guys play for. And then, you know, then go play Jugo and then end up making it back or doing going somewhere else and so on for you. Just talk about your journey a little bit, because that is a little interesting, a couple different spots that you played, but no one knows you better than you. So I just, you yeah. know, again, give you the floor a little bit to chit chat about that. Um, So back in, back in, I'm going to take it back a little bit back in yeah. high school. Um, There was conversation of, you know, my point guard in my wing, you know, what's my style to play. Um, and so I, I took, I went to North Carolina A&T because um, I was led to believe that, you know, I can help you transition into like a point guard at my height, you know, at six, 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 seven at the time. Um, and, you know, it didn't work out there. So I went to, you know, as I'm looking for another school, I go to um, Western Texas College for a visit and they wasn't looking for a point guard, but they was looking for a forward. Um, and, you know, but like, you know, what they saw, I could fit that position, you know, with my passing ability and my ability to get to the room and just ability on the court. And so what, what just, had, and I'm just going to interrupt you for a second. Sorry. In like, I, I mm-hmm. I'm a big football guy, right? So like people yeah. jumping positions and playing different positions can be really tough depending on what you're going from to in basketball. How big of a move is that from being like a point guard to like a strong forward or power forward, I should say. Um, I mean, for me, it wasn't too difficult, uh, just because I say that because my father, he really, you know, when he was training us and helping us grow, like when we showed, told him that we went, took basketball very seriously, his big thing was like, make sure you're, you know, you're very fundamental with the game because you don't know how tall you're going to be. You don't know how big you're going to be. You don't know when you're going to stop growing, if you're going to keep growing at that. So make sure you just work on every aspect of the game. So if it's in the post, work on your post work, work on your footwork you know, work on um, your ball handling. And, you know, I kind of just carry that with me to this day. Um, so, and like, when I think back to it, I think um, I, I it's this old movie with Bruce Lee, uh, I think it's like Enter the Dragon. Yep. And he's like, talking to like his master, like a scene where he's like, you know, what's the best discipline? And he's like, the best discipline is no discipline. And that what he means by that is just like, you're not just focused and locked in on, for example, playing point guard because that kind of limits you. But obviously, you want someone that can play that position. Uh, if you have five guys on the court that are a threat and that can do multiple things on the court, the team will be better. You know, so the one thing I pride myself in is just to be versatile. You know, be able to move in 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 ways that are unique, but also you know effective to you know how I am as a player. How would you agree with the when people say that basketball is becoming or has become positionless in a lot of ways? Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And you know, there's the pros and cons with that. Um, but definitely, especially if you look at the NBA, you know, a lot of big guys, like for example, Al Horford, he wasn't always a corner specialist, and now he, it seems like every time he shoots it, it goes in. It goes in. So <laughs> everybody, everybody has expanded the game, especially uh, at the NBA level. And you're six six. I mean, so for you, you're pretty tall point guard at baseline to begin with, right? And then, or did yeah. you kind of grow later on? Or I mean, because there's a lot of bigger um, yeah. guys you see that handle the ball, you know, and handle the yeah. ball pretty well. I mean, Ben Simmons almost seven feet and he handles the ball as a point guard pretty well. Yeah. Um, so it, around, for you, yeah. it probably wasn't that I mean, size wise and height wise, 
probably wasn't a huge adjustment for you per se, but like obviously yeah. just learning the little things to to be better at it. Yeah. Um. So you obviously had that journey and you kind of were talking, I know I interrupted with you and, and, and sorry about that, but you know, you had just kind of talked about Western Texas and you were about to jump into uh, Niagara university. So I do want to give you the opportunity to continue there and sorry to interrupt you. I was just curious. No, no problem. No problem. And so, yeah. Um, so I'm pretty much learned the forward position at Western Texas college. And um, I made that transition to Niagara university, still playing forward. Um, but a lot of times, you know, because I was heavily in the weight room, uh, you know, I was one of the strongest guys on the team. So a lot of time they played me at center. So it was a, that was very difficult for me from, you know, being, uh, you know, going from point guard forward then to center. Um, Cause you know, our style was, well, it was a little different for me because it was more of like a traditional center, you know, staying in the post, not really bringing it out to the wing or, you know, being making plays for there. Um, it was more like playing the block and, being physical down there, doing what you can to stop the other big man from scoring. So that that was a little bit challenging, but I figured that out pretty quickly, just finding, you know, who I was and staying true to myself and you know, what worked for me. Um, and, and, and I'll ask you this, like, obviously you, you converted positions, you play different, uh, you know, numbers on the court or whatever. What would you consider yourself more as a player? Would you consider yourself more offensive, more defensive? Are you... You know, how would you describe your game best, I guess, as, as how you play it now? Uh, I would say a winner. I can't really label it. Um, yeah. Because, you know, like if I look up like the positions and the definitions of a basketball player, um, they say like a small forward can do a little bit of everything. Power forward is more of like more of the physical guy and they can be a good rebounder. You know, there's the dominant guy, point guard is your general, shooter guard is the guy that really – secondary ball handler um and if i was to go judge myself off of that i would say i'm more of a small forward just because i can do a little bit of everything okay. um but just my mindset like i always look for the winning play so i just read how to deep like if i had the ball in my hand i'm reading how the defense is playing over meaning to me i'll hit the open guy you know and i've trust that he's going to make the shot make the right decision um on defense you know my do what I can to stop the ball. You know, if they kick it out of my guy, close out on the control, do what I can to make the shot difficult. Just play winning basketball. Like, I love getting guys involved. Um, I love playing defense. Like, I, I I, put the, like, I understand it's a game first, you know. So, you know, if you have the ball on offense, you're trying to score. If you have the ball, you're trying to stop. How I carry myself. What would, if you, if you had yourself in like a five seconds left in the game, would you want to hit the winning basket or would you want to stop someone right at the rim? Um, it, I would, I would much rather, um, I would like to take the last shot. Okay. Okay. But I'm not going to force the last shot, you know? So if they're over committing, you know, if they're double teaming, you know, if I don't have a clear shot, I don't feel like I have a clear shot and I feel like someone else has a clear shot. I'll hit the open guy and have faith that he's going to take. Like know? when you're in a huddle, right? Like you're in a huddle as a timeout, you know, late in the game, you, you, one possession you have, are you kind of like calling for the ball? I mean, you know, usually when you draw plays up, are you the type of player that's like kind of like, I want the ball, I want the ball, I want the ball I type want the ball player? In my, yeah, I want the ball in my hands to make it for the team. It, the decision might not be me taking a shot. Like I said, it's, it could be me dumping to the open guy, you know. So, I would, but I would like to make the decision in the last play. And then I can live with the result because I know the time that I put into those situations. 
Yeah. I mean, it's like you, like you say, you always kind of want to have control of your own faith in a way. So if you're yeah. the one who's kind of the quarterback in the offense there late in the game, uh, whether you decide to take that open shot, read the defense correctly or, or make that open pass, you know, you, you like to have sure. control of that. I get that. It makes sense. Um, so what's interesting really too about your journey is, and I'm asking more just as like a fan and truthfully just trying to learn more about you and in your process, because I know that you put a lot of work into this, just reading your bio and reading things about you. Uh, but for people out there that may not understand, this so you play a four-year you know collegiate career you graduate you know and obviously that next step in pursuing your dream into the nba is the nba draft or combine and everything else but for players that maybe don't get that opportunity basketball is a worldwide game it's played all across the world in all different countries all over the place so mm -hmm. when that maybe doesn't happen for you as getting drafted let's say in the nba what are some of the next steps like for someone like you like pursuing um to to pursue that dream to continue playing professionally at some sort of level or eventually getting you know getting to the show getting to the nba and and playing there what was like the route and journey that you kind of took next at the end of your collegiate career um yeah i would say um after after my college career at first i thought i was never gonna play basketball again because i knew i didn't have the stats in college too but i got a letter um in my locker one day during my senior year at university and it was talking about an overseas exposure camp i was like oh hold up i can play basketball overseas yeah and so i, I did my i did some research on that and Basketball is like a very, very global game. It, it became very big after the dream team played basketball in the Olympics. Right. And that's when it really got, you know, the, the level that it's at now. Like, even if you look in the NBA, a lot of guys that are tearing up the NBA are guys outside of the U.S., right. you know? So, um, so when I realized, like, you know, I, I, I just it just opened my mind a little bit. It just made me like, all right, the world's bigger than, than just, you know, basically just the NBA. If I could still play basketball professionally at a high level, why not go for it? That's just kind of where I've been at with it. Now, obviously you played in areas like I was just reading like El Salvador and the Czech Republic. I mean, for you, talk about that experience. I mean, I, I've heard stories of listening to the podcast overseas that, you know, people can make a lot of money doing that. They live like kings and celebrities over there. Some stories I've heard kind of the opposite. I'm just curious, yeah. like your experience, like, is it just like such a grind? I mean, you're pursuing a dream, your vision, and you have tunnel vision on that dream. And sometimes the ways to get there are tough, really tough. So, I, you know, talk about those experience playing overseas and maybe some countries that people aren't even aware that have professional basketball teams or professional basketball leagues. Yeah, so my first time out of the country was Czech Republic. And I started in lower level divisions out there. And like a month later, each month I was going up to a higher degree. Um, and I really like Czech Republic a lot. And they play like basketball is... Basketball overseas is is very unique because um, they really stick to the fundamentals. And the funny thing is, like, I kind of feel like it's not surprising that, you know, guys like Luca are doing and putting up the numbers that he is because he's been playing basketball against grown men since like 14. So, you know, a lot here in the U.S., you have 14, 16. All those guys are playing around the same age group. You know, not too many of them are playing against grown men at that age and um so i feel like that's kind of where we're kind of falling behind a little bit but 
um, it was a beautiful thing to see, you know, get back to uh, fundamentals of the game. Um, look at seeing like guys that are 16, 17, 18 years old playing against grown men and performing and, you know, just trying to find ways to get better. Like it wasn't super strict out there. You know, they kind of let guys make their mistakes at that, especially at that age, they let them make their mistakes. But it wasn't like super strict. Uh, you know, you got to sit on the bench and let them make their mistakes, let them learn from it, they coach from it and go through it. And it was just a unique situation to be a part of. What um you play with anybody out there, young age, older age, that you know, maybe he's playing in the D League or playing in the NBA or uh a, a, a known name type or any certain plays that you want to give a shout out to? Not in Czech Republic, no. Not okay. in Czech Republic. Okay. Um, and, and also, I mean, it probably would have got to that point um, because when I was in Czech Republic, that's when COVID hit. And so I had to leave before they closed the border. So that, that was tough. Yeah. I, I really like being out in Czech Republic. Now, I seen some things on your Instagram of like you practicing, like still doing like, you know, training and everything else and people wearing masks or shields and seems like you were still getting your training back in maybe in the States. I mean, talk about that for you. I mean, you're playing, obviously you're pursuing a dream, you're pursuing a goal and then a global worldwide pandemic hit that basically, yeah, you got to get home or you'll literally be trapped wherever you are because borders are shutting down. No one's flying. So for you, I mean, talk about, I, I've heard about so many programs that have kind of shut down at the high school level and doing zooms and everything else. But for someone who played professionally uh, and was in the middle of a season or the beginnings of a season, depending on the time period, I mean, what does that, what did that do for you as far as, you know, pursuing your next steps and figuring out maybe what you were going to do next? Um, I, I, I was in the same space as like, I pre pretty much everyone, you know, like it was just kind of like, I didn't know how serious COVID was when I was in Czech Republic. Um, I didn't, I had no clue, you know, cause like there was talk about, you know, the coaches at the time where it was like, we don't know if there's a, there's going to be a game because, you know, people are getting sick and I'm like, all right, so why don't they just like say no spectators and we just play the game. And it was like, I don't think you, there's like, I don't think you understand how serious this is. Like right, it's out right. of our hands. So, um, I, for me, you know, at the same time, like I, I wanted to play basketball, but it was nice to go back home because I was also out there for, I believe like six months, you know, in, in another country away from my family. So it was good to go back to, to my family, but it kind of, it kind of, like, I don't really stick, you know, look at the, look at things from as a victim or focus on a problem. I just try to find a solution. So I was, here I am, I'm back home. What can I do to stay in shape? And a lot of times, or what can I do to strengthen my mind? So a lot of times I'm probably like reading books or listening to podcasts or doing home body work. I have resistance bands, workouts like that. A lot of times, you know, the hoops outside were, luckily it was warm outside when I came back home, but a lot of hoops were uh, boarded or taken down. So I just had to find ways to get creative and, you know, just work my ball handling and then, you know, open back up I'm going to be super out of whack or super out of touch you'll have a little bit of a feel I was just I was just in that space you know I was super creative and just trying to find ways to you know better myself and I think that's great you know because I think sometimes when people perceive athletes that make it professionally young kids do there's that perception of they kind of made it to their pinnacle they're there 
And some kids, you know, think that's where you plateau and that's it. So to hear you playing at a professional level, coming back and just being creative and finding ways to continue to train and continue to develop your game to get bigger and stronger, waiting for that next step of when COVID clears here, maybe my opportunities or what I might still have doors open and to be able to do that. And part of that's honing your skills and making sure you're as sharp as possible for those moments when they arise. So um, I think that's real cool. And I, you know, obviously a bizarre situation. Everybody has their COVID stories of what they were going through and how they went through mm-hmm. it and how they had to pursue it. But, you know, you being overseas is just even that much more interesting because getting in and out of the country and getting home safely. And like you said, no one knew. I mean, I remember I'm a school teacher, I'm a fifth grade teacher. And I remember when they basically told us on that Thursday that like, we're going to, we're going home and we're not going to probably come back tomorrow. You know, you should try to plan sending stuff with your kid home with your kids for like a week or two. And then we'll probably be back. And I remember being like, we're not coming back. Like the yeah. NBA shut down, sports yeah. shut down, the world. We're not coming I back. I think anymore. especially when the NBA shut down, that's where everything else followed. And crazy. that was the night before they canceled. I think that was the whole like Rudy Gobert, like touched yeah. all the microphones and then like yeah, tested yeah. positive like a day or two later. Yeah. Um, But, you know, that was when I was started being like, holy smokes, this is like this is crazy, you know? Yeah. And, and like I said, everybody has your stories, but for you, that's even much more interesting because you're pursuing a dream and, you know, you're trying to pursue that dream. And, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned like reading books, listening to music, listening to the podcast, you know, when I was looking through your Instagram, one thing that, you know, I just, you can touch upon it however you want. Uh, but I read a poem that you wrote and it's called, I want to play in the NBA. And I love the caption that you put with it. It said, starve the ego and feed the soul. Uh, so you mentioned you're a big reader. So you probably read all different types of book, but I mean, talk about the motivation, I guess, the inspiration to, to write a poem about that. And not only that, but really just to put it out there for people to see, it's not, when I do this, it's not easy for me to put myself out there sometimes and say things that I say, or, you know, sometimes I think people laugh at me or whatever, but for you to put something out there that you're passionate about your dream. I mean, just talk about that a little bit, uh, as far as that poem, the inspiration behind it and really how you kind of put that together. Cause it's long, it's long. Yeah. yeah. Um, it came, it, I wrote it when, when we, everyone was on lockdown during COVID, um, and during, just during that isolation, it just made me realize a lot. Um, and it made me realize, like, for a long time, it was I was, like, scared to go ahead and say I wanted something like that. You know, I didn't, like, condi- I was conditioned to believe. Well, I wouldn't say I was conditioned, but I didn't know it was okay for me to believe and be great. You know, like, a lot of times, like, even when making the decision to go to North Carolina and I feel like I settled you know, where I could have, instead of like, because a lot of times too, you know, you, you hear guys that go to high majors, you know, as a freshman, like, you know, Duke, Kentucky, you know, if you're not playing that first year, you know, they recruit out there, they recruit over guys because they're big name school. They're always, you know, looking for the next, next thing. And um, it's a lot of times you, you do got to be realistic, but a lot of times I'm, I was like led to believe that, you know, what if it doesn't work out instead of, living in that space of high frequency, you know, what if it works out how I imagined it or how I dreamed it would be, you know, instead of focus on the negative, what if it works out positively? What's, what's the best that can come from it instead of the worst that can come from? Um, and so that's kind of where I was writing that poem from, that space of, you know, you know, I want this, I want this dream and I'm not afraid to share it, you know, even though I've been, you know, I've got to talk on about it, talk about it in the poem, but, you know, even though I said, um, lose my train of thought but 
Yeah, the poem just talking about like pursuing your dreams and you know, you did it during COVID. I'm just trying to recap everything. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I speak, I thank you. I speak on, you know, kind of that space of, you know, kind of being afraid to want that dream. And I kind of, you know, go down that journey of finding myself and, you know, saying I want that dream and not being afraid to say I want that dream and just be like, you know, this is who I am and I'm accepting it. And I, hopefully you accept it too, but if you don't, I'm still going to be me. And that's kind of like, that's the space I was writing from. And, you know, a lot of people was able to connect to it because like, you know, a lot of times our ego get in the way of past traumas of things, you know, when things didn't work out, we kind of, you know, stick, you know, stay in that place of, you know, what if, what if that happens again? You know, what if it doesn't work out again? Or what if I fail again? And I just, I didn't want to, you know, let that define me. And that's kind of like where, where that poem was coming from. And a lot of people connected with it. A lot of people was like, yo, thank you for sharing this. Thank you for doing this. And I'm surprised that, you know, you brought that up. I, I didn't know where this, where this pod and this conversation was going to go. So when you brought that up, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. We're going back. To yeah. There. You know, and I, but you know, and truthfully, the reason I brought it up because I thought it was great. I, I really thought it was great. I read it twice. I read it yesterday. And then I actually read it during one of my professional development trainings today. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I, like I said to you at the beginning of it, I think it's, it's hard to put yourself out there. I think it's hard yeah. that when you have dreams and you have goals and you have ambitions that are way up here that most people don't strive for because they hit this wall of like, I'll never be able to get there. And I, I do it with this podcast that like I started this from scratch. I never had social media in my entire life. I had an idea. I coached for a long time. And this is starting to like get bigger and bigger and bigger. And people like laughed at me and thought like, oh, you, you don't have enough. You have twins. You have this. You have that. But I saw the vision. I knew how hard I was willing to work. And I just like read your poem and it just like hit home to me for you, like someone who's very open about wanting to play professionally, wanting to you know be a professional basketball player, has pursued that their entire lives, has defined who they are and how they've worked and how, how much work they put into getting to where they are and traveling all over the world to, to, to continue that dream. I think I wanted to bring that up because I think that that is just so important and who you are as a person and any team or organization that is looking at you would be crazy not to just based off of work ethic and based off of just like wanting it and grinding and being a team player and willing to play multiple positions and comes from a good family. Like, yeah, man, I just felt like that was important to bring up. And I know I didn't necessarily, you know, say it to you, but um, I think when you put something out there like that, it's not easy. And I just wanted to yeah. give you some love for it because I think that, um, people are always going to have their opinions and be haters and look at things that people post and being like, Oh my God, Oh my God. But when you're passionate and you care about something and you want to be the best at it or the greatest at it, or one of the best at it, like, yeah, dreams are dreams, man. So I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And, uh, yeah, good job for writing it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate you for sharing that. And yeah, that's, that's, yeah, you know that that response is kind of what it's about for me too. You know, it makes everyone has a dream, like you said, and so it makes it makes the dream less lonely. You know what I'm saying? Like even though our dreams are different, there's still a connection behind it. 
and yeah, and, and what, com- and what comes with it, you know, and yeah. what comes with it. I mean, people are only reading a post, but they're not seeing the early hours that people are sleeping and, you know, cozy in bed that you're out in the court and working out and putting yourself in a better position at nighttime when people are hanging out with their friends and having a good time, whether that be in high school and college, you're looking yeah. for areas to go into a gym and work harder by yourself and, and, and grind. And, you know, there's no cameras on there. There's no people watching you. There's no one holding you accountable for that. You're just doing it because that's what you know it takes to to maybe accomplish the dreams you want so i totally get that you know and that's what really like even having you come on this podcast like just reading what you wrote to me and then looking into you a little bit it's like yes this is like what every high school kid needs to hear because it takes a lot of work to get to the point that you want to get to and sometimes this generation i feel like they give up so easily sometimes when things just don't go their way or they don't get that first crack at it or someone gets picked over them that it's immediately like i could have would have should have instead of just saying okay what do i have to do next to now pursue i hit a roadblock or i hit a detour now which direction do i have to go to get Mm -hmm. me back on that road right and so that's just like, I, it's just, I thought it was great for those that, you know, don't um, follow you. I think are you tailor made 617 or am I making up? The yeah, 617? yeah. Taylor underscore made 617. Okay. Look at it. Look at his poem. It's a little ways down, maybe like four or five posts down, but uh, I thought it was great. And, and something that if you, if you're listening to this, you should take the time to just go read. Um, growing up, I'm, I'm guessing you're either a Jordan guy or a Kobe guy. I'm going to guess Kobe, though, because the overseas stuff. Am I right to guess that? Yeah, only Kobe because that was during my time. Jordan was way before my time. So I was born in 94. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so you talked about, I mean, Kobe in the same way was playing at a young age overseas against grown men and just came in the league ready to play. So um, I I guess I had a guess. You know, I I knew you (laughs) were right around 30. So. I was like, it's either Jordan, Kobe, or maybe he's just a LeBron guy, you know, but that was a great guess. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, talk about that because I mean, that's a person who just like, I, I've always loved Kobe, but I think I appreciated Kobe more, unfortunately, like when I joined social media after he had passed, because mm-hmm. when I started this podcast it was right around the pandemic 2020, I probably didn't start Instagram till 2021. And mm-hmm. now I find when I look on rails, there's more things that pop up with Kobe Bryant talking or stories about Kobe Bryant that just like automatically go to my feed, maybe just because of the things that I look at or, or typically yeah. look at. And I just, I never just knew that other side of him, that like animal dog in him that just like wanted to win was almost like when you watched like the Jordan documentary of, of the, the yeah. world, like that their mindset is like, they want to win. They want to be the yeah, best. Yeah. And they don't care how they get there and they want to make everyone better around them. So mm-hmm. um, growing up, you obviously a big Kobe guy, but do you feel like he's just influenced you in so many ways as far as even today as yourself as a professional basketball player? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, and looking back, you know, growing up, my dad, he would get like back when we had DVDs, he would get all the DVDs where, you know, with uh, the documentaries and Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, you know, Michael Jordan's, he had like his, his documentary had like six DVDs, you know, so that, that really went to depth about how, what his greatness was like, but, um, yeah, I, I really like, without even realizing it, I kind of like installed those, those characteristics into me without even like subconsciously, you know, and I kind of like, 
like when I would go on the court, I kind of like carried that presence with me without even being aware of it. Yeah, and I, it's just like honestly, he's like in a weird way, just instantly has become one of my favorite athletes of all time. And yeah. I wish I appreciated him more. And not that I didn't, but obviously being a Celtics guy and they saw each other a bunch in those finals and just the history of the Lakers and Celtics to begin with. But I felt like I never really appreciated Kobe till post basketball of just yeah. the type of mentality and the Mamba mentality and every like just reading things about him and watching little clips about him. I'm just like, Oh my God, this guy was different. Like he was so he lived, he lived what he talked about. He really lived what he talked about. And, Even the redeem know. team, same thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, those yeah. dudes just said they were coming in from partying like at four o'clock in the morning. This dude's in the weight room working out. Like these guys haven't gone to bed and he's already slept and up and, and working out in the morning before their workouts. Like it was just yeah. crazy. I mean, the thing that made him different though, cause like, for me, I want to be the best version I can be. And, you, you know, Kobe talked about this, too. I'm probably for you, too. You probably want to be the best version you want to be. Kobe had that dream to be the best ever, you know. So he he kind of took it as, like, all right, if I'm going to be the best ever, the more I practice, the more I work out, the more I train, the better I'm going to get. So he wasn't training two times a day because a lot of guys are training two times a day. He was training three times a day just to get one more repetition, one more step ahead of the guys that were – you know, he was competing against. And by the time they realized he was doing that, it's already too late because now he's already been doing that for 10 years. You know, you're trying to catch up. I've been doing this for 10 years. You're 10 years too late. Now yeah. you got to try to catch up to me, but <laughs> I'm, I already feel like I'm great. I, put, I already put in the time. I already put in the hours. And so, like you said, like all that information came out after he passed, but like, I feel like that kind of like, made made me really dive into playing basketball professionally i feel like it might have had something to do with me writing that poem to go back to the poem it definitely has something to do with you know me looking back at my life and what i wanted to do with my life. he knew at a young age that he wanted to play basketball professionally um at first i, I didn't know it wasn't until after college i've tried different jobs i worked you know worked in labor jobs worked in the office I realized quickly, like, that's not for me. Like, I can work in a school. I can work in a school because it's a growing environment and, you know, is there, you know, so full of life and curiosity. Um, and, you know, as adults, a lot of times, especially like me and you, you know, we'll create our curiosity, like, stimulate our minds and our lives, to, you know, continue to help and learn. So um, he definitely, he definitely, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but he definitely lived that um that life of greatness and bring to day. Even if it feels like you know you're in a dark place, you get better. How can you grow? How can you learn? How can you stimulate yourself? And I kind of embodied that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great, and that's obviously just like I mean, I'm you know I'm turning four this year. I'm gonna be old, but like even the, some of the stuff, just listening to him, like it motivates me for this, like this podcast, like I, I couldn't tell you how many people like laughed at me and thought this idea was kind of crazy. And I'm just like, yeah, but there's nothing out there like this. And I think for yeah. high school kids, social media is huge. And like for you, like kind of, I guess I'll transition into this. Like one thing that I did when I became a head football coach was, you know, I coached at a high school for 15 years. I coached Allenton Catholic High School, and I was a coordinator for uh, probably, let's see, four, about 10 of those years, I was a defensive coordinator there. Mm -hmm. And 
the one thing that I used to always say, especially more towards the end, we were so good at the beginning, but you know, sometimes you're only as good as what you have. Right. And sometimes coaching can win you a few more games here and there, if you just out coach, but at the end of the day, I think in any sport, what talents talent and what you have is what you have. And, you know, those last few years, we weren't getting maybe the recruits in there that we once did. And eventually I took over as head coach in that program. And what I decided to do was start basically have a documentary covering our, our, you know, our summer training, like our training camp, Mm -hmm. because I Mm -hmm. felt that that was a good way to document what's going on in our program, the type of athletes that we have, some of these kids that are getting recruited to play at that next level, whether it's division three, division two, or even that year I had a division, you know, one double a kid um, that, you know, you want to show your program off to attract more people to, to want to then come check you guys out and see what your facilities were and seeing what you do with both obviously the X's and O's aspect of your program, but also like the type of athlete and how the coach, you know, takes care of these guys off the field. So I thought it was a, a great complete image. And when you and I kind of chatted beforehand, you had turned me on to a YouTube series that you and your brother had started calling getting back overseas. To Mm -hmm. me, I thought it was so clever. Uh, It's a great way of showing your journey, your climb and the work that you put into um, being able to play professionally at at any level. Um, So I just... I'm curious about it because to me, I think it's genius. I think, you know, nowadays everything's out there in social media, everything's out there in YouTube. I mean, I have so many kids in my fifth grade class every year. When I ask them what they want to be, YouTubers are like growing immensely. I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be a YouTuber. So obviously YouTube is where it's at as far as putting those types of documentaries or series out there. So, you know, a little bit, what's the inspiration behind it, but obviously like what was your biggest goals and doing that and putting that all together and maybe what it's even done for you as a result of that well like you said like it it kind of it documents everything so it kind of takes the people that are you know not seeing your everyday life it kind of gives them a glimpse of what you're doing and how you carry yourself and your approach and it it attracts people you know and and it gives you a voice that's the beautiful thing about youtube i think that's a a reason why a lot of kids want to you know be youtubers because they want to have that own voice they want to be heard and i feel like you know that that documentary or series, whatever you want to call that, me and my brother, you know, put together, it it kind of it gave it gave me a voice a little bit, you know. Um it didn't have the impact that I wanted, but it definitely definitely gave me a voice. It definitely is something that I'm proud about. Um and it was super fun having my father and my brothers there, you know, kind of like going yeah. with me through that journey. And then some of the connections I made um while I was there, it was it was great, you know, to document that and Kind of look back like you remember this time and you know kind of sit watch it again live it a little bit yeah and i think it's also a great message for you maybe even what your plans are over the next 10 to 15 to 20 years yeah. of being able to have that and who knows maybe do speaking engagements or maybe you're involved in a basketball program and letting people see that character piece of you but also i think for younger athletes out there, the grind of, of any athlete who is looking to pursue their goals and dreams and, you know, kind of hit the pinnacle of what they want to be and what they want to become. So, you know, I thought it was great. Um, and I think it's great exposure. I mean, I've kind of joked about doing something like this for me for such a long time, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm up early in the morning, like, editing and doing a lot of stuff. I have twins at home. So getting, you know, them ready, they're still four. teaching all day, going and covering games from like a behind the scenes, all that, like there's a lot that we do. And I've always kind of flirted with that idea, but after seeing kind of like how you did it and put it together, 
it's something I'm I'm definitely is kind of like open my mind back up to be like, huh, I would love to be able for people to see like this journey and this climb of what we were and what we've become and and kind of how we do it. So um, you mentioned it didn't have maybe the impact you wanted, but what was maybe the biggest positive thing that came out of it for you? Um, Just being able to like sit and watch myself a little yeah. bit and kind of critique myself, but also here, like, like some, uh, it didn't have the impact that I wanted, you know, reaching like, you know, professional teams, but it did inspire a lot of people. You know, there's been, there's been kids that, you know, reached out to me, I saw the documentary, man, that's, that was dope. And, you know, just just hearing that is like kind of reassuring a little bit. And so it's kind of like one of those things, you know, you know, kind of leaving an impact, but not knowing what kind of impact you're going to leave. And it left a positive impact because, you know, the next generation behind us, you know, you, you hopefully you want them to be better than you know what you, what you were before or, you know, better than you. You know, you leave something and that they have something that inspires them. And, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, continues to inspire them to put forth, you know, anything that they dream about or desire to become. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I think it's smart. And like you said, it probably even opened up different doors and different windows for you that you maybe weren't even anticipating yeah, as right, far exactly. as it goes, you know, and sometimes it ends up being the bigger catch, right? Because yeah. now you have something that's brewing or someone who's interested or young people just reaching out to you being like, man, like I respect what you do. That's, that's the hustle. That's the climb. That's the grind of it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it was, I'm glad you turned me on to it. Like I said, it's kind of got my mind going a little bit as far as, being able to show off what you do on a daily basis and people see. Yeah, we can, we can talk about that off camera. Heck yeah, dude. I plan on it. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you some insight on that. It yeah. Was, that was fun. It was fun being mic'd up and everything. So yeah, I can, I can definitely share that experience for sure. Yeah. Um, and then one other cool thing that you share with me too, that you this tell this series is, I mean, this tournament's on television every single year on ESPN. It's at TBT tournament. And I know that you had yep. played for Marcus Smart's team, the young game changers. I yep. think that was their team name. Um, just that experience, how that selection process goes. And then obviously a tournament like that. I mean, it's pretty like I've watched like minutes of it, like on TV and just to kind of see the talent. I mean, this talent basketball talent is enormous. So it's played all over the world, but uh, it seems like a pretty fun and interesting tournament. Sometimes it just stops at a random number, whoever team gets the whatever first. And, you know, so yeah. I always find it a little interesting. So just to give you any insight that you want to talk about that at all, that would be uh, great. Um, So obviously it was an honor to, be invited to that you know because marcus smart is who marcus smart is you know right. he was the the you know he's the reigning defensive player of the year um and so this was the year they started a team that was the year he won defensive player of the year um so when i was you know got in contact about going to you know the buyout i was like yeah i'll do it um and it was like it was awesome to be a part of because you know, we had we had a lot of guys, you know, that played in the NBA or in the G League or, the, or, or yeah, the G League or in top, you know, Europe European leagues uh, overseas. And just to be in that presence, I it was like I was a fan, but I also didn't feel out of place. It was kind of like right, I'm really here. Like I match up, see if this work that I put in. You know, it's really, you know, complimenting and showing. You know. Um, that I can play at this level. And so be able to compete with them during training camp and to perform the way I did, it was like, it was really so reassuring that I, I can really play at this level. Like 
I don't sound crazy for, you know, for writing that poem of I want to play in the NBA. Like, I did not feel out of place. I didn't look out of um, and I was winning. I was performing, you know, and it was just great environment to be in. And it just it was so reassuring to be in some of the talent that was in the gym. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great. Like, you know, you're a competitor. Obviously you always want to compete against the toughest people or the best people because you, you want to see where your game stands and you want to see, you know, as you're pursuing your dreams, what are the things you might need to improve on still or things that you need to do better or just to get like a, a measuring stick or bar to where some of these guys are at comparably to you and seeing where you're at comparably to them. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, you know, just doing that research. And then I kind of asked you a little bit about it, uh, off ear just to make sure that I had my ducks in a row with it too, that we're talking yep. about the same thing. So, um, obviously listen, you're a heck of a basketball player. You've played, I don't care. You play college, anything you're, you're good. Um, and for you playing in that, you know, playing overseas, um, and, and really honing your game and, and, you know, playing against competition and being able to come back to the States and continue to work a game in a time during COVID, letting people know about your passions and dreams and you pursuing that to you getting opportunities like this, a documentary series. I mean, you're getting yourself out there and exposing yourself really well to, to pursue that next step for yourself. So what's kind of on the docket for you right now? Like where are you kind of at right now? As far as hoops goes, any opportunities or doors that might be open for you? What's kind of that next step or where you might just currently be at at this point uh, as far as your journey goes? Um, well, as far as like overseas basketball, I don't have any leads at the moment. Um, I'm also very careful about what, opportunities I want to take or what gigs I want to take because at the same time you know as though it's a game it's still a business it's still a job you know so I can't just go anywhere for any kind of money like I've I've right. had the experience I played at you know in countries and I've gotten better in certain environments but at the same time you know growing up like I have bills to pay so but right. um um so I'm very very selective with that but currently right now um I'm living in Chelsea. Um, a substitute teacher at a middle school. And before school even starts, you know, I'm in the gym at the school. You know, I, I've been blessed to uh, be surrounded by a community of students and teachers who are very supportive and just great people, you know. So I, I'm in the gym before school, before school even starts, um, take a shower, and then, you know, they give me my assignment. I go to the classroom, substitute for the day. And when the day's over, go back to the gym to get a lift in and then go back home to do it all over again. You know, so it's just kind of in that space of just trying to stay ready and just try to stay stay creative, like back in that space where I was in when, you know, when COVID's going on, trying to find ways to kind of like unlock new potentials in my body and, you know, to really become the best player I can be every single day. Uh, the space I've been in. Yeah. Is coaching like a is is coaching a oh, yeah. avenue yeah. that so, you want to get into? Yeah, I'm coaching. Uh, so, um, I work with my dad's uh, AAU team, Prodigy. Uh, I just okay. happen to be wearing it right now. This wasn't planned, <laughs> <laughs> but um, he so I work with him as like the skill development coach. Um, so during like before basketball season started, for like uh, let's say for like three weeks probably. I was, we were just in the gym with a lot of his players, just, you know, doing strength conditions, some skill stuff, development stuff. Um, and even at the school that I'm at now, at the middle school, um, I'm a coach for the intramural girls team. So a lot of these girls never play basketball. 
So, oh boy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but it's so it's super fun. Like they're super enthusiastic. Um, at the same time, it helps me with you know go back to the fundamentals and the foundations of the game. You know, because a lot of times as a professional, you can get so lost of uh of where you're at of developing as a player. Like you know, you want to do all the the things that bring entertain people and draw crowds, but a lot of it comes back. You know goes back to the foundation, the fundamentals and the basics. Stick it to the basics, catching the ball and triple threat before you even make a move. You're reading how the defense is playing you. So going back to those things with the with the girls and just going back to the basics. At the same time I'm teaching them, I'm reteaching myself. And it's just a beautiful thing to see. Like because each it's only practice once a week, unfortunately, but each practice, each game, you slowly start to see the improvement in them and you start to see the light and the excitement that they right. get. They're like do we have a game state? Yeah, we got a game state. Make sure you bring your sneakers. And but also at the same time, they've never been a part of a team. So they're learning how to be work with other people. They're learning how to follow instruction. Um and understand like, you know, and understand how to be creative in that structure, you know, you know, how to be yourself within the game. And so it's just a beautiful thing to be a part of. So I love coaching just as much as I love playing. So I'm like super blessed to be where I'm at. You know, obviously I'm not where I want to be, but I'm also blessed to be, where I'm, to be living today to be able to share this on and have the conversation with you. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. It sounds like, you know, it sounds like no matter what the next step is for you, it's involving basketball at some level. I mean, I could see you coaching at a higher level. I could see you, I could still see you playing, but I could see you definitely when those playing days and you hang up those shoes, like being a coach or being a scout or being a strength and conditioning. Uh, I know you went to school for like psychology when I kind of like researched yeah. you a little bit and you seemed like that was a big, uh, it, it is, I mean, there's so much psychology in any sport, but especially basketball. I mean, for you, do you feel like that was a big interest for you of why you want to go into psychology, like the mindset of an athlete or the mindset of a person like, like yourself who just kind of, pursues those dreams and is willing to kind of do whatever it takes to do that. I mean, is that connected at all or just different? Yeah, it's definitely connected. And the funny thing is I started off as like my major was sociology and okay. I took a class in psychology and I didn't do that good in the class, but the class was so interesting to me. I was like, I have to transition. Like you said, like just the, the mindset of things and how people approach things and philosophy or not the philosophy i'm starting to forget some of the terms already <laughs> you don't have to worry about that now you should go basketball but just some of the some of the like some of the um the studies that behind you know the psychology major which it, was, it just caught my attention it was like man I, I could learn so much just from being in this class and being in this environment and getting you know this major so i decided to make that switch and it connects to almost anything, any discipline, every, any, any path of life person takes. Yeah. And I'm seeing that a lot more in the college, you know, people are taking sports psychology. It seems to be a major that is growing in a lot of colleges and universities. So um, yeah. again, you know, psychology is such a big umbrella of things and more specific. And like, like you said, it's, it's a mindset thing. I mean, the people that you look up to and follow professional athletes, people in your life, you know, I'm sure the similarities of mindset and hard work and, and dedication is, it's all part of someone's mental psyche, you know, mental psyche and, and, and who yeah. they are as a person. Um, so, so for me, it was another way to connect, you know, cause every, you know, everybody thinks everybody, you know, has emotions parts, you know, so it was just a way for me to connect on, on a deeper level. 
instead of just yeah and i think you have to like i think you just in general in life you have to right but like especially pursuing what you're pursuing there's ups and downs there's politics to everything there's i'm sure at times that you feel like you might be better than someone out there should be getting more minutes than someone out there and you know so there there is a whole mental aspect to being an athlete, understanding an athlete, getting into a hat, an athlete's like psyche or head to really understand, you know, uh, who they are, how they overcome, how they mm-hmm. you know, persevere and all that. So it's all connected pretty well. Um, yeah. so I could see you most certainly doing that. And even going back to your documentary video, I think that that's something that, um, I want to help you get that out there too. Like we could talk after about sending the link and just kind of talking more about it. And, um, yeah, but I think that, you know, you do the, you seem to really know how to do the right things to put yourself out there. And not only that, but doing it the right way. Like so many people sometimes just try to get things out there to get things out there. And it seems like just looking at your Instagram and, you know, your homework, it just seems like you kind of do things the right way. Um, yeah. And I think you do. I think that, you know, it's important for people to see your hard work is sometimes I take that as, you know, oh my God, people are going to think that I'm this or that. I brag about this or I brag about that. But it's like, you know what? You work as hard as you work. You want people to see the work that you are putting into it to understand what maybe loving something means. You know, sometimes people don't love something enough to put so much work into it and dedicate their life to it. Um, and that's not a knock to them, but they just don't understand maybe being so truly passionate about something that it's like all you eat, sleep, dream, and think about, um, mm-hmm. and work for. So, um, no, I, I think that you've done it the right way. You've been doing it the right way. I'm honored to have had you on here today. Um, you know, for the audience that we have in the podcast that we've been running the last few years, I've had on some great coaches and some great athletes. Um, and it's nice to do every once in a while, these episodes that don't necessarily have to do with the high school world, but pursuing somebody who's maybe taken those high school sports ambitions and have made them bigger to collegiately professionally or even turned it into some sort of line of work for them or business. Um, I love having those guests on here and there. And I think that's what you really have done for us today is for my listeners out there. Like, again, they're going to have plenty of videos to watch and links that I'll put out there. And, um, you know, listening to this episode, if people don't know who you are, I'm sure as soon as this is over or during this, they're going to be Googling you uh, or looking you up on Instagram to kind of see who you are. So I'm excited that we're able to, if nothing else, re-put you on the map for not only the great basketball player you are, but just like the great young man that you seem to be. And, uh, you know, a lot of athletes could learn a lot from you just from that psyche and attitude and, and performance standpoint. Uh, thank you, Anthony. And I, I appreciate you for, you know, even starting this podcast and sticking with it. You know, it, like you were saying, you know, some people might have laughed, but, you know, it brought me here to you. So I, I appreciate you for sticking with it. I appreciate you for all that you do to, you know, put, you know, basketball in Massachusetts on the map, you know, so this, this is a beautiful thing. I was pleasure, pleasure being here with you. Thank yeah, you, man. Thank you. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen from beyond podcast, I'm your host, uh, Anthony Petralis, Maurice Taylor, keep an eye out, keep your ears open for him. Uh, and thank you guys until uh, next time.